December 1st, 2011, 3 a.m., the devil's hour. Four hours had passed and I was asleep at my grandfather's desk in a sea of untidy calm. You know, for, for all intents and purposes, this was still my grandfather's home. His, uh, his sanctuary. It was here that my grandfather had relaxed by supping single malt whiskey while listening to the classics. Jazz, blues, a little Sidney Bechette, a little Ray Charles, all depending on the mood. That's why it wasn't the same this, this early morning of a devil's hour. It would, it would never be the same. Never. This wasn't a, a consecrated place to me. This was a means to an end. And I certainly wasn't relaxed at all, not even when sleep took me. A war was coming. A war was coming and there was a voice in my dreams, a whisper, ever so calm, which called out to my inner soul. A whisper, a whisper beckoning, a whisper in the cries. Around my slumped form, head tilted to the right in troubled sleep, were a dozen open books, pages on spiritualism and paranormal images and photographs. On top of those lay research papers piled on every available surface to the right. The framed photograph of my grandfather, so very different than I once remembered. I had... I had placed it face down. Happier times better left in the past. You understand better... Better left in the dark where they belonged. Like the voice. My grandfather had destroyed himself, his marriage, his very life. His very life. It was just like a macabre story when he chose that path years past. He had noosed the devil and watched him hang. It was a ripple effect that would tear through his own life and devour the lives of all those he held dear. And I, too, had to make my own bed. And like my grandfather, I would have to lie in it. My neck was stiff, a pinched nerve certainly awaited me. When the ancient texts of biblical lore suddenly began to darken, it was as if all light, all Warmth was being sucked out of the room, like lost souls coming to reclaim their forgotten lives in a den torn apart due to the many hours of research. 
a singing distortion of pain and sorrow like crystals in a cavernous grotto echoing their lullaby. I wasn't awakened by the cold or the dark. It was the voice in my darkened dreams. Mr. Thetapet, the tempter. Only through sacrifice comes redemption. And then the chair kicked back out from under me and I was suddenly standing erect. Pinpricks of light stabbed into my clouded eyes. My fists were clenched into tight balls. The shock and disorientation of being forced awake lingered as I awaited the mysterious form backlit by the light. I waited for what it had in store for me. No. I, I, I tried to sound determined, but that, that, that uncertain fog still clouded my vision. And then again... No. 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 I wasn't on the Queen Mary. I was hundreds and hundreds of miles north and east. It, 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 it couldn't be there because it was confined to the ship. It, it was a part of the ship. It was confined! It turned out... It wasn't. The figure began moving, cautious and alert, a hunter circling its prey. Each movement precisely measured, a half circle to the left, half again to the right, always keeping me at an arm's length, close enough to claim. Close enough. But far enough away to keep me at ease. And then... Then the devil spoke. Stepping into the dimly lit world that was the Elder Conroy's home. We missed you. What do you want from me? I demanded, turning slowly, keeping it as calm as I could. The same question asked over and over again and again in my nightmares as I fixed the devil with an unfaltering glare. What do you want from me? Answer me. Answer me. Answer me! The devil said only one word. You. And I knew. I knew that the devil would have his due. Whispers in the Cries Written and performed by Matthew Ewald Produced by Star Chaser Productions The Devil's Hour And later still we were alone for the night, and Abigail was going to take me away from the horrific thoughts that swarmed in my head. She would take me away from the shared horrors that, that we had seen on the Queen Mary. 
she would chase away my fears. It seemed much longer than a mere month ago was... <laughs> was that right? Four weeks without incident. I thought that she'd think that in a joking manner every time she'd look at me. Yet I knew she wouldn't be laughing if she had seen what I, what I, her, her love had just seen. In truth, I'm, I'm certain that her need to make light of the matter masked the inward terror that she herself would soon feel this night. And every night since. So it was as much for her emotional needs as it was for me. Even if she knew that she was lying to herself. There was a, a sense of normalcy. But one had to know how to make things right, Abigail. Abigail had brought things from Long Beach to to my grandparents' house, those, those certain things she sought out in times of comfort, her, her way of escape. A powder blue blanket with ivory-colored stripe her mother had crocheted, a, a few of her favorite movies and novels to lose herself within music always, always music. And a big old stereo system to drown out the world. And so the volume was cranked up, the lead singer of Lady That's My Skull's throaty voice wailed away on the 11th track like an exorcism gone horribly wrong. The band had been together for decades, pre-grunge and post-glam back in California, and each group member looked like they'd just graduated from high school. The echoing bass line thumped, the guitar riffs charged, and the beat of the drums made Abigail's voice vibrate to the accompanied lyrics. could hear it. I could hear it in the floorboards, the bass line, the guitar, the voice like a banshee on the moors. Abigail sang and danced like there was no tomorrow. Here, in this house, with me, her, Randy Conroy, she felt, well, at least she said that she felt that rarity of freedom. that rarity of peace. And because of that, she almost didn't hear me. Get out of the house! I yelled as loud as I could. She turned, momentarily surprised that it sounded like I was right behind her. My voice was familiar, yet hauntingly different. Like it was tainted, infected. Infected with pure 
I, I, I couldn't hear her voice, but I, I imagined that she said my name, Randy. I imagined that she, she wanted to touch me, to, to, to reach out. She, she would say, baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. Yes, yeah, she, um, she wanted to chase it all away. And yet I'm sure fear would have dripped from each syllable. But I could, I could hear it through the floorboards as she began a slow stride of uncertainty as, as her nerves desperately fought to calm down in the seconds after the outburst. She took another step toward the staircase leading to the den but stopped because, because she saw the look on me, on her, on her, her lover's face at the top of the stairs and then a look she'd never forget as I slowly backed out of the room. As I, I turned and looked at what was standing behind her. My look that look it must have been a thing of horror it's, it's, it's too late it's too late I, I think I said don't move don't move I was terrified I was terrified, and, and Abigail could only imagine what I was seeing. She had to look. She had to know. She just, she had to. She just had to. Abigail, I could have almost screamed. Close your eyes, baby. Close your eyes, baby. Please. I wanted to scream. But it was already too late. Some things you just... Some things you just can't unsee. Crouched before us was a nightmare born from some other place and time, born from one hell of a fucked up imagination. The creature was anthropomorphic in form that that much was certain, but it, it most resembled a lamprey, jawless with a, a funnel-like sucking hole for a mouth ringed by sharp teeth, clawed fingers attached to gangly arms and a short stalk of legs and padded feet. Chains. Chains hung from its elongated form and dripped with bile and saliva. It was branded by the tempter. 
dimensions, realities, planets, heaven or hell. Whatever it was, wherever it came from, only one thing was truly certain this night. It was hungry. And its mouth made horrible gurgling sounds as it tried to lick its non-existent lips at the sight of Abigail. All it saw was Abigail. Run! It was that same hauntingly familiar voice that she had heard come from my mouth. And Abigail didn't need to be told twice, but but her her legs, they they wouldn't move. Terror had her and it it held her tight. I fought against every fear and uncertainty that wrapped itself around my spine and gnawed at my sanity as I flew down the stairs and took Abigail's hand in my own and ran. I ran like the devil himself was giving chase. Who knows? Who knows? I thought grimly. Maybe another one was. (laughs) 